One thing Franny knew. Angels did not exist in real life. But there they were, floating all around her. Some leaned close, almost touching Franny's nose. Others waved at her from an impossible distance, whizzing about a cathedral ceiling. Their long white robes rustled. Their tiaras sparkled. They hummed and smiled and moved their lips without saying anything. Or sometimes they murmured words Franny didn't understand, such as pache and philia. Then one day, woof, one of the angels barked, sounding remarkably like Franny's dog, Alf. And Franny awoke from her feverish dreams. She'd only imagined Alf. Pets weren't allowed to visit patients at Children's Hospital. And that's where Franny was, wearing a plastic wristband with Francine Katzenbach printed on it. She'd imagined those angels, too, who were actually nurses in white uniforms and peaked caps. Franny's parents had also been angels in the dreams. They'd stood in the doorway of her hospital room, wearing white masks and worried looks. They couldn't come near her bed because Franny was infectious. She had polio, everyone told her. Franny already knew about polio because of her wide and fast reading habits, wider and faster than those of most 10-year-olds. She knew that polio was short for poliomyelitis. She knew that even though polio sounded jolly like roly-poly, it wasn't. Franny knew that polio was a disease from a tiny invisible virus that entered your mouth, stowed away in your intestines, then sometimes burrowed into the nervous system, chomping on nerves so that your limbs became paralyzed. And she knew that the polio virus could attack your lungs so they couldn't work on their own. When that happened, you needed to lie inside a big, wheezy, green iron tube called an iron lung. The iron lung squeezed your lungs to help you breathe. But even if Franny hadn't been a wide reader and a fast reader, even if she read only superhero comics like her friend Walter Walter, she'd still know about polio. In her Pittsburgh neighborhood of Squirrel Hill that summer of 1952, the polio virus had been practically the only topic of conversation. Polio spread faster during the hot summers. That's what their neighbor, Professor Dr. Gutmann, had told her parents. He was a university professor, as well as a researcher, with a long string of letters after his name on the business card he gave Franny's parents. He worked in a lab with a famous polio researcher, Dr. Jonas Salk. Everyone knew that Salk and his family also lived in Squirrel Hill, but no one was exactly sure where. With all that wonderful brain power in her neighborhood, Franny had felt safe, as if superheroes were ready to protect her from terrible things. How babyish she'd been. Now she knew that nobody, 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 not even the brainiest people in the world, knew how to prevent and cure polio, or why some people got it and the rest didn't. Lying in her big iron lung, she had a lot of time to think. Did she get polio by watching the story of Robin Hood and his merry men three whole times at the Manor Theater? Franny and her friends loved that movie. They'd even taken to spelling Mary the old-fashioned way and threatening to give each other drubbings as they swashbuckled around Frick Park. Many people said the evil virus often lurked in crowded movie theaters. 
but none of the kids believed that. Or maybe she got it from eating that cherry popsicle at Saul's Ye Olde Candy Shop. Popsicles were absolutely forbidden by all parents because there was a possibility they could be made from contaminated water. So how come other kids in her neighborhood didn't get polio? Teresa Goodley ate more popsicles than anyone, but she always confessed about it to the priest at her grandmother's church. Maybe that had helped. Jewish kids like Franny didn't go to confession, although Franny was sure it could have been arranged. The evil virus lurked in pools and lakes, people said, so hardly anyone went swimming anymore. Even when the air felt like a hot, wet towel, Franny hadn't swum once that summer. Walter Walter had said the virus would never get him because he had a strong constitution. Of course, when your parents give you a first name the same as your last name, and everyone calls you Walter Walter because it's funny, and you feel you have no choice but to go along with the joke, well, that makes you as tough as a tiger, as tough as nails, as tough as raw meat. Double-dose courage and pizzazz. That's what Walter Walter liked to tell everyone. So how come her own constitution was so weak?